GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Thank you for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Kellyanne Borge. Have you been affected by addiction? That's what's up for discussion. From the different kinds of addiction most common in Gibraltar, how we can best support loved ones going through it, what resources are out there and more. A really brave panel of guests are willing to share their personal experiences, including recovering addict Paul Goschieri, addiction therapist Claire Hunter, therapeutic counsellor Rachel Neto, and daughter of a recovering addict Zamara Heredia. If you're affected, a list of contact details for a number of different helplines can be found in the information tab on this podcast and also on our social media pages. Paul, perhaps we could start with you. Thank you for coming in. Uh, Perhaps you could just start by introducing yourself and why you're here with us today. Well, um, uh, my name is is Paul Goschieri and I'm here um, uh, because I have a... uh, because I have a rough past um, uh, 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 abusing drugs and alcohol, and um, it's not like that uh, anymore. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and thank you for being brave in in speaking about such a sensitive topic and being vulnerable with us today, so we appreciate it. Uh, Zamara, as well, you're here with us, just 22 years old, very brave. It is a sensitive topic that we're discussing today and something that's affected you uh, very closely. So tell us a little bit about your your story and what perspective you can bring to the discussion today. Yeah, so I'm a family member of an addict. Um, In my case, it's my mum. She was actually using for 28 years, I believe, and she's been a year and three months in recovery. So well done, mum. <laughs> Happy to, t- yeah. to hear that. Congratulations to her. Well Thank done. You, yeah. um, but obviously it's been a very difficult journey. Um, I want to talk a bit about my experience and what I've gone through and really how I've coped with it, because um, I hope in me talking today, even it, it helps just one person um because I think we need to normalise this conversation a bit more. And uh, people my age obviously might find it a bit more difficult to talk about it. Maybe they're a bit ashamed or embarrassed of it. And uh, I hope in me opening up today, it will help someone else open up as well. So I'm sure it will. And, and we'll be delving into a bit deeper about that stigma that surrounds addiction still. We've got plenty of time to get through lots of topics. Uh, Claire, you're an addiction therapist, mm-hmm. but uh, you can probably relate to Zamara in also being a family member who's been affected, right? Yes, my mum was um, an alcoholic and um, she died whenever I was just coming up to the age of 21. So there's a big difference, I think, as well in, in what you know we went through whenever I was younger because there wasn't that much support around. There was AA, but it was very difficult to find out more details about it. Um, and in this way, yeah, I, I completely know where, where Samara has been. And also it's great to see that there has been a change and there is support out there for family members and obviously for the addict themselves. So having gone through what you have, I suppose that's been a massive motivator for why you chose the career that you're in now. Yes, absolutely. I think for a lot of people who work in this field that there there's a connection there, there's an understanding. And Rachel, you're a counsellor. What areas of counselling do you work in? So I am the lead counsellor for the um, care agency therapy team, which also manages DART. And I'm sort of in a more sort of managerial role up at Bruce's farm and in general for the drug and alcohol rehabilitation service. So I will um, support Claire and the other counsellors in their work with um, individuals who are suffering from addiction. So since 2021, when um, drug and alcohol services came under the care agency, it's been a 
very interesting roller coaster. Um, it's been a, um, an experience just to sort of learn more about addiction and kind of be more exposed to it, where perhaps even though I've been working in the field of social work and stuff, I didn't understand it in the way that I do now. So it's um, been quite, it's quite a privilege. I imagine very difficult, but also very rewarding to work mm-hmm. in, in this field. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. What would you say are the most common addictions on the rock that people are suffering with? Well, um, I'm responsible for sort of gathering the data in relation to people accessing treatment. So in relation to those accessing treatment, um, I would say cocaine is uh, one of the more popular um, drugs. Um, Cannabis is also there. And um, sort of going back a few years, because I've been doing this for a few years now, there was also um, quite a few people with dependency on, like, benzodiazepines, so, um, you know, diazepams and okay. volumes and stuff. But at the moment, in terms of individuals who access treatment, it's cocaine. In the wider population, it would be interesting to to be able to do a bit more research in that. And so those are the people who, who seek help and who are, for example, mm-hmm. in Bruce's farm. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, Samara, you mentioned the stigma surrounding addiction and how we're aiming to break that down. Um, where there's so much shame surrounding addiction when really it is a, a chronic disease. So uh, why do you feel like it's important from a young person's perspective like yours to really kind of break down these um, ideas that people have around it? Yeah, I mean, I can only talk from my own personal experience. Um, growing up, I felt like I was always kind of the odd one out in a friend group. Um, I was always quite insecure with what I was going through. Um, I feel like I was also embarrassed to be in public with my mom or, or tell people that that was my mom. Um, so I never wanted to have that conversation with anyone. I was always avoiding it. And um, I think that as I grew up and I learnt what, addiction was really which is it's an illness it helped me understand my mum better as well and um, it helped me open up to the idea that we should normalize this conversation and it's not such a you know taboo kind of thing and um, we shouldn't be ashamed of having a a family member in in addiction because they need our whole support as well so if we kind of avoid the conversation we're not helping the situation as well so yeah And I suppose it's almost like separating the addiction from the person because Mm. the person when they're using is is almost like a wholly different person as when they're clean. Is that something that you can probably relate to? 100%, yeah. I mean, I always say I met my mum for the first time a year ago (laughs) when she was um, recovered, you know. Um, Before that, that wasn't the person that she is. I mean, selfish, you know, all those traits that an addict has, that's the addiction taking over their personality. She's really the sweetest person I've, and the most selfless person I know. So definitely you have to separate that from the person, yeah. Is that something you can relate to, Paul? Yes, I, 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 most, certainly, uh, I most certainly can relate to that. And I'm having to stop some tears coming um because hearing her side and um thinking of my own parents my sister my family members um who suffered massively as as i was out there partying or having fun or or just doing um uh, or just doing what i thought was fun 
um, uh, is 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 um, is um, quite heavy, you know. Um, I'm sure they're very proud of you for for being where you are today and speaking like you are today. Yes, they are. Yeah, thank you. Yes, they are. I mean, even uh, around like 50 years ago, things like cancer were almost like taboo, no? which is crazy to think of now. It's almost shameful to mention, embarrassing. So is there hope that we can kind of get to that same point when it comes to addiction? Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, we put addiction now very firmly into the same line. It is a chronic illness. Um, and it also does, you know, with, with addiction, whenever you really get, you, you speak to people who have gone through it. And now with, with advances in, in knowledge and the medical knowledge about addiction, we know that whenever addicts are misusing um, any chemical, that there there is a change in the brain. So whether or not it's the neurons are changing because the dopamine is flooding the brain, so all of these chemical changes happen. So it's not just that an addict uses because they it's self-will and that they're being selfish. There is actually a point where it's very difficult for them to stop using. And the more we can, the more information that we can give out about that, then the better chance they have to actually actually stop and stay stopped. So they say that it's not the stopping's the problem. It's the not going back into the active addiction that, that is very difficult for a lot of people. And when it comes to, I mean, Paul, you mentioned your family and how emotional it is for you to think about what you put them through. Yep. How important would you say it is uh, for forgiveness to play a role in that healing journey, not just uh, for, for family members, but also for the addict themselves? Well, that role is, is um, 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 I, um, uh, I find that to be quite hard because family members go through such a tough time, or at least with me. I would steal from them, I would lie to them on a daily basis, I would steal their cars, I would do all sorts. Um, and it's very hard to... to um, uh, and it's very hard to forgive your own son who has done all that. And, and it takes years and years and years. But um, it, it, um, 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 it, it, is, um, it is very, very, very important um, um, to have some sort of um, um, some sort of guide, um, uh, some sort of um, um, uh, encouragement from my own dad, from my mum, from 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 my whole family. Let's uh, continue this discussion. It's actually one that's been almost a whole year in the making because uh, many might remember uh, last year's GBC's Christmas Surprise Show and Claire was nominated by Paul because of the wonderful work, Claire, that you've done in the community and we felt that there was only just so much that we could discuss within mm. that short 10-minute interview, more or less, or what it was. So we've mm -hmm. been trying for a long time to, to see how we could develop this conversation and really break down those barriers when it comes to raising awareness and breaking that stigma. So I'm really glad that we've finally been able to do that it's been a long mm -hmm. time coming uh, but Claire when people like Paul and your colleagues during that show they said that you had literally saved people's lives on the rock because of the work that you have done what does that mean to you when you hear praise like that I mean it's absolutely it is it's it's amazing and it it underlines just how important this work is 
Um, and, and it's also, you know, there is a team behind this. So from, you know, upper management right through, you know, the, the counselling, the ther- therapists, and then obviously we've got care workers as well. So it really is a team effort. Um, and from the beginning, whenever we get the first referrals in right through, so we've all got our part of the job to do. And obviously the more people working within the system, then obviously the more we can help. You've been very humble, but clearly you have made quite the impact, hasn't she, Paul? Um, yes, she has. Um, um, she has. Um, um, she has, uh, at least for me and for many, many, many others. Um, if it was not for Claire and 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 the team uh, Upper Bruce's Farm, I would personally not be here um, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, that really is saying something Um Claire, Rachel, perhaps you can also step in here, uh, but because it's your areas of expertise and something that you can advise us on, uh, perhaps Zamara might um, appreciate hearing this. But when you do have loved ones who are um, going through this disease and they're suffering, what are the best ways that we can support them? I mean, I think with with addiction, there's uh, unfortunately with addiction, the, the, the person in active addiction might not want help at the beginning and might be in denial where they really don't believe that they have a problem. Um, I think one of the best ways forward is to have a lot of open communication if possible. Um, And also if somebody uh, has been using... um, I would recommend that, you know, don't try to talk to somebody whenever they're, they're not at least a little bit sober because if somebody's been using they're not going to listen to what you're saying so open communication is very much about trying to ask do they want some help um suggesting to them that it can be done um and that a referral for example can be made on their behalf and then obviously somebody can accompany them to come in to Bruce's farm just to get them through the gate to begin with and then obviously an assessment would be would be achieved just with the person themselves. So it's being able to say to somebody, look, I'm worried about you. I'm not nagging you. I'm not telling you off, but I am worried that this is getting worse. Um, and I think it is about being able to say that quite openly because, of course, the family member sees these things before usually the, the, the addict does and it's important then that, that it's, not a, it's not telling somebody off. It's I, I love you and I'm worried about you let's see if we can get you some help what about um given the examples that paul gave in terms of when when an addict may steal from a family member lie lie to them and it's very hard to to differentiate between the the behavior that the addict is carrying out and from the Mm -hmm. person so anger might come into it um hurt as well Mm -hmm. so how uh, would you recommend that families kind of work through this and kind of uh, see the person separately to their behavior when they're using there's there's quite a work uh, quite a lot of work that actually needs to be done because I think in the past the idea was that if the addict gets well and gets some treatment then everything will be okay but as you've said Kellyanne you know the the families are full of resentments they're they're hurt they're in a lot of pain so not only do do whenever somebody comes into treatment up at Bruce's farm then we would do some family conferences so we bring several members of the family in to talk in a mediated session um, there's also the opportunity for um, um, the family members to also have one-to-one sessions themselves. And obviously Families Anonymous is a very important support group for families as well. Is that something you've made use of before, Zamara? Yeah, I have. Um, obviously, I grew up, um, you know, thinking my mum didn't want me, she didn't love me, and I had this, like, very negative thing surrounding my mum. As I grew older, I tried to take control of the situation. I tried to fix her. 
and you know a person cannot be fixed just like that <laughs> you they can only be helped if they are ready to receive the help and if they really really want the help so i spent many years really trying and and it really consumed me you know the addiction consumes the addict but the addict com- consumes us and um we also have our own recovery to go through um i went to the fa meetings and honestly really really good group of people and they really opened up my eyes to what addiction was and i that it was not my fault and that i wasn't alone uh, that was the main thing that i wasn't alone and there were many many people going through the same thing that i was or similar situations and i used that table to just let everything out and and more than anything they just were people that to listen uh, sometimes you just need to vent and to talk about it all and sometimes it's easier with strangers than your own family and um so fa meetings really really did help me yeah just a reminder as well that we have put contact details for FA and all the different helplines in Gibraltar on our social media pages. So if anyone listening to this is affected by this subject, then you can find uh, those contact details on our social media pages. Um, when it comes to Bruce's farm, which of course we've been talking about quite openly here, what do you think are the main? Do you think there are any misconceptions when it comes to addicts who might be afraid uh, to to be admitted? What would your experience be like, Paul? Well, my experience was, first of all, a lot of fear. I mean, um, I was I was 21 when when I first when I when uh, I first chose to go uh, into Bruce's farm, and I was and I was uh, absolute and I was uh, absolutely terrified of of going in there. But um, uh, but uh, I was but uh, I was uh, even more scared of, of of being out there using and drinking and 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 the blackouts. Um, um, for those who um, for those who don't know, a a a blackout is is when you don't remember. Um, um the night before and um there were nights in which i um and there were nights in which i uh, had crashed cars had stolen money which i could not recall and um the next morning it was very 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 scary and i did not want that anymore so i so i checked in to Bruce's farm and and yeah and and, and my life changed so as daunting as uh, going to Bruce's farm was, the alternative was far more scary for you. Um, for me, it was, yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, it was. What would you say, Claire, in terms of, um, you know, those those misconceptions that people might have about mm. Bruce's farm and the different services that we have? What would you like to say about that? Yes, I mean, I've heard, you know, sometimes whenever we have people who come, you know, are admitted, they, they have said that, you know, that they've heard that we brainwash them and that, you know, it's like a cult and things like that. And I would just like to say it's absolutely mm-hmm. not. Um, there's also this fear that it's very religious based because, um, for example, the 12 step program uses the serenity prayer, um, but it's not about any god or they talk about a higher power and I think that's important for people to know it's non-religious it can be for any denomination it can be for any age group I mean Bruce's Farm itself is an adult service so we're over 18 um, but it's certainly um, if, if you actually saw the, the the program that we provide on a daily basis you know not only do we have the therapists Jason myself work up there we've also got another therapist who comes in to do yoga um, she also does sound 
bowls. We've got a, an art therapist comes in. We had animal assisted therapy as well. We had mindfulness. So it is a day. It's a program that starts from a quarter to nine in the morning till five in the afternoon. But it isn't. It's about you getting better on an emotional point of view. So there are things to read, there are things to watch on TV, there's podcasts. So anybody who's difficulty reading or writing, again, that's not any... Please don't let that put you off coming in because there are ways around that. So we really can provide a very holistic approach to anybody who really wants to come in. And are loved ones also invited, um, for example, like can family members visit... Uh, their their family members if they're there in Bruce's farm yes. or it's not completely closed off no, no. I, I you've got that support yeah. no? it's part of the so it's part of the program we've and it's a program that we've review, reviewed revised and developed and it's a very sort of robust program so as Claire says there's, there's a lot of therapeutic work that's done during the day but then sort of after hours there's opportunities to engage in more sort of leisure um sort of leisure type activities and hobbies mm-hmm. and people are encouraged. I mean Bruce's farm is a is a um is a fabulous place in the upper rock. So there's a lot of opportunity to engage in things like gardening and things like that and really and a lot of people um tend to do those activities as a way of kind of giving back as well. Um but then for example at the weekend we have the family visits and one of the things that we introduced and this was based on feedback from clients is that it was very daunting to come into Bruce's farm, stay for 12 weeks and then walk out the door and go back back mm-hmm. home. And one of the things that we introduced was a sort of a sort of um, community access. So what that means is that at, at different points in the programme and obviously all of that discussed with the councillors, you start to um, access the community be integrated back into the community. We are going to delve more deeper into that, but I'm conscious of the time. And Paul, uh, not only have you been very brave in coming today and being vulnerable with uh, your experiences, but uh, your family is also going through a bereavement. So our condolences to you, and I know that you need to leave. Uh, But just before you leave, are there any final thoughts, Paul, on perhaps someone who's listening or watching and wants to seek help but doesn't know how to make that first step? What would you say to them? Well, um, what would I say to them? I, I would probably say a lot to them but um um it is um um it um one of um one of the things that uh, i would say is that it is um is that it's okay not um it's it's okay not to be okay and that um and that the and and that there's uh, absolutely no shame in, and there's absolutely no shame in 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 suffering with this illness. And it could save potentially save your life in absolutely. in taking that yep. first step. Yep, uh, absolutely. And your testament to that. Yep. And thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Very and much. once again, our condolences to you and your family, Paul. Thank you. Uh, so, Rachel, you were talking about uh, community access and integrating back into the community. That must be um, uh, very important because so many times you hear of uh, addicts relapsing and perhaps going through the whole rehab process and then going straight back into old habits once they've reconnected with uh, family members, uh, friends or, or just uh, triggering habits that they've gone back to. So how difficult is it uh, for an addict to be integrated back into the community? I think it is I think it's difficult, especially in a community as small as ours, 
it's difficult to to move away from i mean mm. your home is your home you live in sort of the estate that you live in and the chances of moving out of there are slim and moving away is not we're not talking about large distances anyway so for and for the individual coming into Bruce's farm sort of part of the program is about trying to before they leave establish healthy routines establish new habits um sort of an and a new way of living really mm. when you're so used to repeating the same behaviors again and again it's kind of finding finding yourself again finding what you're interested in finding you know what's good for you and what's going to help you in your journey to recovery so so what we try what we try to do with the program is kind of start that part of their journey before they leave mm-hmm. so they can access different services and um kind of resources out that are already available in the community but they do it with our support so it's it's easy and less scary i suppose mm-hmm. How, where does ocean views come into it at what mm-hmm. point would an addict be uh, receiving treatment there rather than bruce's farm so um so we've we've worked really hard since 2021 um when bruce's farm came under the well dad's came under the care agency to build those links with our with our colleagues in the gha and especially mental health because we'll we'll often have referrals of people seeking treatment but where our intervention is is therapy so it's all the psychosocial and behavioral interventions a lot of people with chemical dependencies are likely to need some medical intervention prior to being stable enough to engage in our program so that is so often people before they before they start working with us will be referred for a medical detox and these um occasionally take place in the community but are more likely to commence at ocean views mm-hmm. and we have a very very um good working relationship with um the psychiatrist there and the team there to provide individuals with sort of all the treatment that they mm. need I'm afraid we only have a, a couple of minutes mm. uh, to wrap up if I can go back to you Claire and mm. I, I can only imagine that you feel very proud of Paul today someone that you've worked with very closely over many years mm-hmm. um so how rewarding is it for you although the your work in this field stems from a lot of suffering from what you grew up with mm-hmm. with your mum it must be almost or worthwhile you're keeping her memory alive in a very positive way by helping people absolutely no it is it's it's lovely to see both paul and and to see samara so now i can see from not just the addict is getting help as well but the family member is is up there as well and there is so much support so no i know my mum would be absolutely delighted at this so it's really it's heartwarming mm-hmm. and it does it makes it gives us that extra vump to keep moving forward and to keep bringing in new new ideas that are going to help everybody mm-hmm. in gibraltar really and what, what was your mum's name claire Margaret. Well, you're making Margaret very proud. Thank you very much. Well done. Thank you very much for coming in. Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up? Just, uh, I think we've all said it, please don't let anybody be embarrassed or ashamed of this. It is an illness and, you know, there is help and support there. And the sooner you come in, the sooner Mm. we can help you to stop the pain and move forward from this. Samara, any final thoughts as someone who's um, experienced this from a family member's point of view? What are your final thoughts today? I would just say, you know, don't keep things bottled up and speak about the about your story as much as you can. And um, also don't feel guilty. It's not your fault. 
uh, you are a victim in this as well. And uh, I guess the way that I coped, if you ask me the way that I coped is by letting my mom be and do her own thing. And I always said, you know, I'm here when you're ready. When you really want to receive the help, I will be here for you. Um, but for now, I have to let you go and I have to go and, and get on with my life. And that's that, that's how I coped with it. Well, I'm really glad that your journey has found you both together again and reconnecting. And I'm really happy to hear that she's doing well. So I yeah, hope that continues you. to you do too. so. And a uh, massive well done to you for coming today and uh, yeah, <laughs> being being so brave and vulnerable with us. So thank you. And uh, Rachel, just finally, uh, for that first step that someone might want to take, whether it's a family member or someone who's going through it themselves, uh, what would be your, your, your first mm. advice to give them? Just please call us. Um, Bruce's Farm is a 24-hour service. Um, the number is 200-48444. And there's always a staff member on hand to just listen, even if it's just that, a phone call, we just need someone to listen. Um, we've spoken a lot about Bruce's Farm, but we also offer um, similar interventions in the community. So it's not just about coming up to residential and being there. You can also get support in the community. We run a lot of groups as well. So just pick up the phone and call us, even if it's just for that initial chat. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kellyanne Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.